The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Dynamic Healing with two experts in chronic pain, David Hanscom and Les Aria. This podcast will show you how to unlock your body's ability to heal. Just breathe and learn how to rewire your brain and break free from chronic pain. Welcome to Dynamic Healing Podcast. I'm Les Aria. And I'm David Hanscom. And today we're talking about when you're in pain, people tend to discuss their pain. So the title of our podcast is Sharing is Not Caring. And basically, don't discuss your pain. So the purpose of today's talk, and I did not figure this out for many years, is that it is common, if not the rule, for people in mental or physical pain to discuss it with anyone who will listen, especially their family and close friends. What it does, it actually wears people out and drives them away. An important aspect of healing is nurturing a close support system. Not discussing your pain is a major step. So ironically, as you discuss your pain with people, you actually need nurturing and support to heal. And you're actually driving people away. It's a big problem. Yeah, it's a fine uh, toggling interaction is what it is. So, so uh, what was that, Dr. R? Is this a, a, this is a lessism? Oh, uh, well, it's, I was just trying to bring Silicon Valley into this conversation, toggling like computer stuff. So going back and forth between trying to figure out, should I share, should I not? Do they care? Do they not? Um, and how much do I share? We do this toggling back and forth sort of a technological thing that we do on the inside of us, just like we, when we use computers, when we go between screens, right? Do I share? Do I not? Right. Um, and in that sense, uh, let's kind of get into the quote. David, um, I've got a kind of a cool quote. Hopefully the audience will like it. This, it goes something like this. It isn't what happens to us that causes us to suffer. It is what we say to ourselves about what's happening to my children. And we'll unpackage that quote um, as we go through the podcast today. It isn't what's happening to us that causes us to suffer. It's what we say to ourselves and others, we need to add that in, about what's happening. Sometimes when we speak about our suffering, it's good to have some talk and support. But if it's day in, day out for the past 10 years and 20 years or three years and five years, it can really wear on people's skin, family members, friends. But we're going to talk to you today as we enter this discussion, like, what do I do then if you tell me? 
don't share. David? Well, first of all, let's talk about why you would not share. So the problems that come with sharing your pain, first of all, <clears throat> from a neuroplasticity standpoint, your tension's on the problem. And I don't know, what do you think? I mean, I found out through our workshops and talking to patients, and I did this myself when I was in chronic pain for a long time, mm-hmm. is that it consumes your life, it's unpleasant. Why would you not, why would you not discuss it and endlessly pursue a solution? So I'm estimating that between 60% or more of your conscious hours are spent discussing your pain on the internet, discussing medical care, complaining, whatever it is, pain consumes your conscious life. But the problem is from a neuroplasticity standpoint, it actually reinforces those circuits. So one of the biggest things we've done, and let's, let's say you're in my office as a pain patient, and I said, look, let's, and I would do this on the first visit, and people would not want to know what to do. So I said, let's we walk out of the door of my office, that you will never discuss your pain or your medical care with anybody, especially your family. Yeah. And they look at me like I'm out of my mind because it's totally different than what they're saying. But from a neuroplasticity standpoint, that's what happens. And let me just add on really quickly that we think mental pain is actually a bigger problem than physical pain because you can't escape your thoughts. But that means no complaining, no criticism, no giving unasked for advice, no gossiping, and just be nice because that's where your brain will develop. But again, you're in pain, you're frustrated, you're suffering. Somehow you feel like it's the world's responsibility to help you in your suffering. And what happens, you actually are, are ending up taking yourself down. So going back to the quote, the pain is not great. We get it. But how we relate to it, the, the, the physiology of it all actually makes it much worse. So that's, uh, so Dr. Arya, <clears throat> well, I mean, so, Dr. Arya, you cannot complain today about anything especially Dr. Kanskin. Oh, uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll save that for towards the end when you give me the opportunity. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, and, uh, you know, this, it was a huge, you know, expressive writing is a big deal, but it turns out that not discussing your pain in medical care or, again, the things we talked about, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And I didn't realize how big a deal it was. So, I mean, what's your, been your observation and your experience with people discussing their pain? Yeah, I think this is a very common topic, and uh, I get the same funny looks um, much when I tell them that um, the chronic pain, by definition, is not a hardware problem, but a software problem, meaning that it's the emotional circuitries of the brain that are really impacting your sensory and motor um, output. And so that same funny look when I tell them that definition, uh, I call it the new definition of chronic pain, that... um, it's, a, it's more of an, a software problem. And when I talk to them about not talking about pain, it's then, well, who do I talk to then? And I think what David and I are trying to communicate very clearly to the audience here, and maybe you have a family member who is struggling with chronic pain, and you are trying to be nice because you know they're moaning and groaning. And it's not to say that everyone is doing this. It's just to say that when we do not realize that how we might be impacting yourself, your pain, your, your circuitry of your body and brain, and even others. We want to pause for a second here. It is important for us to learn this rule is that complaining about your pain is really a setup for rewiring your brain towards danger. Write that down. Complaining. Was that, was that a lessism? It is. It's starting to become as I unfold. Hey, could you repeat that for me, please? Yeah. So basically, 
complaining, complaining is a danger signal to your nervous system. Right. And I mean, remember the healing. Okay. Remember the essence of chronic pain, going to the dynamic healing model, you have the input and of course, complaining is input that goes to your nervous system, which says threat and you go into threat physiology. So the essence of chronic disease, mental and physical is, is sustained threat physiology or fight or flight. The essence of healing is, is giving yourself cues of safety. So what you're doing when you're complaining is giving your brain cues of threat. And so it's exactly the opposite of what you need to heal. So even though you might quote, feel supported temporarily, um, what you're doing is, is actually the opposite as far as healing. So I don't know about you, Les, I mean, we've had a lot of people heal and, you know, we find out some basic things like expressive writing seems to be a basic one. Some of the mindfulness work seems to be basic, but I have found that not discussing your pain has been a major factor in people healing. And so it was interesting when I, we have held workshops, um, my wife and I and Jazz and Fred Luskin have held some workshops back east at Omega. And we didn't realize how much people complain about their pain until we did these workshops. And after the, during the first workshop, we just said, stop, not discussing your pain is a problem. And then what would happen on future workshops, one of the ground rules is not discussing your pain. People would actually sneak out behind the buildings to discuss their pain. <laughs> like a cigarette. <laughs> it was like cigarettes. It was unbelievable. And so they could not not do that. And they get really frustrated because they came to the workshop to actually sort of solve their pain. And you don't have a good life by solving your pain. You have to just stop doing that. And so it's interesting how it becomes such a habit. It occupies a lot of your conversation. And other things in life that are actually interesting, like maybe history or movies or books or good friends and social life sort of disappears. So a huge amount of your consciousness brain gets developed around pain and your troubles. And so it's a huge behavioral shift. So it's not like a simple action or request, but it's actually pretty hard. It takes about at least four to six weeks to start breaking that cycle. Yeah, I think that's really good. Uh, and it's absolutely right. Any Anything that's worth going through, you will suffer a little bit more because it's so difficult. I want to pause you for, for David, two things that just popped in my head as you were chatting there. Two things. One, I wanted to go back and really reiterate the um, two things about complaining and your health. And uh, that's one. And number two, I wanted to also make sure that we decipher, delineate between pain and suffering. There, there, I wanted to kind of comment on those two things. Let me just start with the first one. Um, as David was talking, I was just realizing that, you know, we really need to unpackage this just a little bit more. Constant complaining, that's the key word, like chronic, something chronic. Constant complaining is truly bad for your health. And what do I mean by that? We have studies done at Stanford and many other places that have shown that when people actually complain, 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 you actually rewire, rewire, rewire um, different brain networks that are involved in creating messages of danger or threat in our nervous system, your brain and body. And so what fires together, wires together, that's a famous neuroscience statement, what fires together, wires together. And in my simple language is, if you are constantly practicing something, you will become better at it. And so we want to be really, keyword, mindful of how we are complaining. And if you plan to complain, really important that 
it's okay to complain, but in moderation and be aware. You're like, well, Les, what is moderation? Well, how about this? Let's have some guidelines to that. If you're going to complain about your pain, make sure that it, you have a solution to that complaint. If you don't, then complaining is just what my Yiddish friend in New York says, kvetching. Right. Well, and this is a topic. I don't disagree with you on this one. Um, I may be wrong in this one, but I, I'm absolute. I say never. You can't complain. <laughs> you have a piece of paper you can write on. And see, here's the deal. I'm, I'll talk, let me unpack this a little bit differently. My perspective is that our pain, our suffering is, well, okay, let's, we'll go back to your suffering versus pain. Those are two different things I'll let you unpack. But it's our responsibility to live our own lives at every level. The suffering, the pleasure, every bit of it is ours. And when you, when you blame your circumstances or people or situations for your suffering, it's a huge problem. So when you're complaining, you're actually in a victim mode, poor me, this, this, and this. And it's the opposite of taking full responsibility for every aspect of your suffering. Yeah. And so let's go back to your concept of pain versus suffering. I mean, pain is just a signal that comes in and says danger. It could be bright lights, too loud, bad thoughts, bad boss. I mean, those are danger signals. That's the pain. So can you unpack the suffering for me a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And one step back from before we do the suffering, David, maybe um, this is this is good. You're right. So David has a very hard, fast rule about no complaining. I take a little bit different. Um, I like between the between the extremes, there's truth in the middle. And that's the way I kind of approach my life and my patients. And David, there's nothing wrong in, in what you're saying there. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, ha however, I'm a human. Um, and um, and by the way, audience, I'm going to hold David to his words. So when we're offline and he's complaining, <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, 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 you can't do that. Right. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, uh, okay, then we have a. <laughs> That's right. We're going to have fun. All right. Okay. Good you, you got yeah. me that one, right. I got you. Now. No, on a serious note, it is just a human thing. Inherently, inherently, as being a human, we will inadvertently complain because this complaining is part of the human experience. And if you want to get really technical, um, I know some of my family members used to complain. I know that in brain science, that's called neural mirroring. Neural, like a mirror. Neural mirroring. We tend to practice who we've seen complain unknowingly, unconsciously coming from the brainstem. So my point here is this is, this is a human experience, but what David and I really, really, um, regardless of how, where we are in the, in the spectrum of, of should we complain or not, there, it's okay to complain, but in moderation, but also pay attention to is what is your purpose? What is your end goal of complaining? Is it to solicit sense of love and safety? Well, if it is, that's not the way to do it. I'd rather you say is, I'm really overwhelmed. Can you hug me, hold me? Can you just shut up and listen? You know, <laughs> just kind of be clear. <laughs> and then, and then oh, we'll talk God. about pain and suffering. <laughs> so... Okay, so let's just jump ahead a little bit. We're getting a little in, entangled here. I agree. We're humans. We complain. But, you know, in chronic pain, we tend to complain all the time. And, and understandably so. We know that the impact of chronic pain, research shows, has the same impact on your life as terminal cancer. It's a big deal. And nobody's listening. You're bouncing around and you're frustrated. 
But part of healing is giving yourself cues of safety, which means you develop strong, deep, healthy relationships. You do things that are enjoyable together. The antithesis of pain and suffering is play. And not play to distract yourself, but play truly enjoying your life, engaging with people. And what you do, you created a huge chemical shift. So instead of, so I think you said something that I do agree with Dr. Aria is that it's fine to complain and state your case, <clears throat> but what's the solution? Mm. Okay, okay, I'm hurting. Okay, what, what am I going to do to solve it? And so putting your brain into where you want to go is a lot different than being stuck in suffering. And <clears throat> I agree with you that, um, you know, repetition is key for learning anything. We learn how to complain. We get stuck there and we and we can't move forward. So when I say, I do say that, and I think it's a good point, tongue in cheek, that you can't help but complain some. Yeah. But start becoming aware of how much you actually do. And what's been really, and I'll use the word, I'm guilty as charged. I, I used to come out my pain all the time, my suffering, my victimhood. I won't go into detail how I was called out, called out on it many times. And I just called. I just got called out a second ago by Dr. Aria. Oh, David, are you trying to communicate to me? You need a hug. I need a hug. Let me say that. You know, virtually, I'm sending one to yeah, you. Yeah, Dr. Aria is treating me badly. Is that? Is that... <laughs> David, you just did it again. That's complaining. <laughs> anyway, but by just creating a mental absolute, I'm not going to complain. Start watching how much you actually do. So we tend to be critical. We give advice we are but you're just projecting your self-critical voice on somebody else so we spend a lot of time complaining gossiping really putting our brain in a spot that isn't great and then the point is that with neuroplasticity you want your attention on what kind of life do you want to live what do you actually want so you're complaining about this this and this and i'm not going to go into politics right now but we can complain about what's wrong but we want peace we want love we have to learn how to pursue that. That's a different learned skills and complaining doesn't get you there. Yes. So while you're in that stated agitated state, your body physiology is fired up. Your brain's actually on fire. You don't feel good. And yet you complain you're not healing. Yeah, that's a, that's a very, and you're right about that. And I think that's why we're doing this podcast is to be able to really communicate to folks that, you know, what is your end goal? If your end goal really is to have the best life possible, um, and, you know, just divorcing the outcome of, you know, why am I not healing? If you live your best life, as David says, you know, to the fullest possibility, you really will will touch, start to shift that neurocircuitry in your body and your mind start, start to shift differently. It's kind of like you're investing differently. You move your mutual funds around, uh, for lack of a better word. You, where are you investing your uh, your best life? And so what we're trying to say is this is, you know, be really mindful about you know, are you really complaining? Because complaining is toxicity to the body in chronicity. That's one. Number two, we just talked about, you know, what is the difference between pain and suffering? Pain is inevitable. There's an old metaphor that many of us have heard, if you've been in my group or David's group or many workshops you've taken from us, is that it's called a two-era metaphor. It's about 3,000 years old. It goes something like this. It is the first arrow when we experience it, that being life or physical pain. So think, write the word down, pain as the first arrow. Pain can be conceptualized as, you know, your life, the unexpected difficulties that show up from finances to difficult relationships so something that's unfulfilled. Pain can also signify not just emotional stuff, but can also signify 
new diagnosis, conditions that you're struggling with, physical sensations in your body. That's called pain. That's the first arrow. What happens to us, what magnifies pain, again, I just define it can be emotional or physical or just life. What happens is this is it's when we, and David and I talk about this, David really emphasizes this too, is that when we kind of complain, that's the suffering. Complaining is like the mental scripts to the arrow. It's the second arrow that pokes you. And if you want to use a different metaphor, complaining is like adding fuel to the suffering that's already there. It amplifies it. And so this is what we're just trying to tell you to do. Be really mindful. The second thing besides pain and suffering, the differentiation there, is if you actually start to do this, and this is going to be a difficult one for many because it was difficult for me. I'm not sure for you, David, but... I'm sorry, when did, when did you stop complaining, Dr. Aria? I think I missed that one. Things to go, just a few seconds ago. <laughs> gentleness, gentleness. Oh, oh okay. Oh, <laughs> all right, not being critical. I'm sorry. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, don't, don't put your inner critics on me. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> so, but on a serious note here is if you can replace that complaining with gratitude, so when you wake up in the morning, you're complaining like, you know, no one's loving you and nothing is stop for a moment and ask yourself, what's leading you to feed the toxicity in your mind and body? And it's okay to complain for a little bit of mumble and grumble and then kind of wake up from that trance and ask yourself, what am I grateful for? And shift that neurocircuitry in you, shift your mindset, shift your, your circuitries in your body that actually helps heal. And so try gratitude in that moment, practice investing in that. And that is one of the things that David and I really would like to emphasize to the group. Well, that's a great point. I've used a different phrase called choose joy. Um, I think we've talked about this also mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. um, I wrote a website post called your personal brain scanner, but your body's biological imperative is to survive and then pass your genes on to the next generation. So I call it your personal brain scanner. Your brain's always looking out for danger. That's what it's supposed to do. Right. So you can be on a great day walking by the lake and you can start worrying about death or, you know, your job or whatever it is. So your brain's just supposed to do that. So it's automatic, it's hardwired, and you can't stop it. But you also have a choice of gently reprogramming your brain just to keep choosing joy, choosing joy, choose gratitude and nourish that part of your brain. So that's a huge factor. But again, going back to the obvious, if you're always in the negative complaining mode, again, your brain's going to go there. It does preclude that energy from coming into play because you just you've just occupied a lot of your consciousness with negativity. So I'm not into positive thinking, which suppresses negative thinking, but I'm definitely into a positive outlook. You know, choosing joy, choosing gratitude, choosing play, as opposed to focusing what your brain initially landed on. So anytime you have a negative reaction, you have a choice of staying there or moving in a different direction. But I also want to go a little bit back to the whole process about this came out in our work group yesterday, which was fascinating. We were talking about relationships, you know, what are your benefits of staying in pain? And when you're complaining, so first of all, a lot of people actually don't want to give up their pain because it's addicting, it's powerful. But one point came out in our group, which was really potent, it came out actually multiple people, is that when they were younger and they were sick or ill, their mother or father paid attention to them or friends paid attention to them. So they weren't being heard or validated as children at a very young age. And when they were in pain, all of a sudden they had a lot of attention on them. It, was, it wasn't maybe the best way to get validated, but you know, for instance, my mother was a rageaholic, 
But when I had these extreme migraines as a kid, everything stopped. She put a washcloth on my head and she's pretty nice. So talk about reinforcement of pain. It's right there. So when you look at this whole situation of complaining, gossiping, discussing your pain, it's it does feel a need. We do it for a reason because you do get validated. Now, eventually, as you drive people away, that doesn't work. Yeah. It also precludes you from healing. But there are some benefits to complaining about your pain. Some benefits. Right. So I'd love to hear the benefits of it, complaining. Do well, I again, the same thing. I mean, when I get sick, I actually get it. Just getting attention. Remember, any attention, negative or positive, actually. Attention. Attention. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, well. You get validated. Okay, I'm suffering. Somebody's listening to me. I'm a human being. Because a lot of us are raised in families where we're sort of like invisible. Yeah, you know, you know, so that's that's really uh, the really powerful thing. And what David is speaking to from a psychological perspective, uh, family dynamics, is that's called attachment. And when you're growing up, and there's a rupture in your attachment style, with meaning that how and whomever caregived you when you were growing up as an infant, a toddler, a child, and even up until our teenage years, is is what was happening at home and how love was expressed and what was okay and what was not okay that really rewired the way we are today that it changed it primed our personality as to who we are but the attachment stuff the way you were made to feel safe the way you were made to feel safe um, sometimes kind of shifts our personality and sometimes there are some people who are more apt to complaining because that's their way of unconsciously soliciting love and attachment from someone. And so David, I think uh, your points are very, very well taken. And I think what, what I want the audience to know is this is, just know that you're a human and just be mindful when you're catching that. And I really like what David said, you know, whether we call it gratitude, experiencing joy, it really does um, create the toxicity in your body. And so this is very, very difficult. So um, there are benefits to it because as David said, whether it's um, it's it's sort of like an addiction that we get caught up in. When I say addiction, I mean it's like a habit. And the habit is really, really the where it's at. We're trying to show you to shift the habit. Well, people will do what it takes to get attention, whether it's negative or positive attention. And one of the worst things you can have is being socially isolated, nobody paying attention to you, being invisible to the world. And that's why you see small kids that get bored will actually do things to get themselves in trouble yeah. attention if you go why would a kid do this why would they know they're going to get negative attention when they do this because you're not getting positive attention yeah right? I, like, I, like, I really really like that so it's almost like david what we need to say to the audience is to beg them to besides to pay attention to is you know um am i complaining too much that might be a nice uh reflective question for them to journal about or just kind of reflect on the second right. thing is david and i are suggesting that then is to the this is for you to reflect on is what is my payoff what's my payday like for complaining right, right? Yeah. so that's what we're really trying to say is because only you know in your dynamics well by the way this brings to mind david real quick that one of my patients was basically saying that symptoms are not coming down and it's a lot of um, okay. what, what now a lot of her symptoms were not coming down okay um, and um it's basically um you know just from headaches to feeling flushed to um, weakness of arms. And, you know, the doctor was saying like, we don't know why. And they said, well, maybe it's psychological. It's not um, meaning that this is a, a dangerous 
signal that she was receiving from her nervous system at home, she's not receiving love um, from her two kids and her spouse of 20 years. My point here is this, is I told her, I said, I wonder whether this is your unconscious cry for, can you just love me? I don't yeah. feel safe. And after I talked to the family and the kiddos um, and something started to shift when she stopped complaining, they started kind of moving towards her. So your point is very well taken. It's a very subtle thing. Now, some of you will probably be yelling in the background and going, well, I tried that, that didn't work. They still, they still are not helping me and loving me. Stop looking at everyone and start looking at yourself. If you wanna make the change, I like Michael Jackson's song, look at the person in the mirror and make that change. Right. So as we sort of knew this would happen when we started this conversation, because <clears throat> the simple act of not complaining, discussing care, et cetera, is, is covers a huge amount of territory. So let's try to, we got a couple of minutes here to summarize things. So in general, the concepts I like to summarize with is that <clears throat> when you're constantly in a negative mode or mindset, um, that's where your brain is going to develop. Number two, it precludes you, precludes you from moving into the life you want because you're attached to the old one. You can't actually move into the new one if you're stuck in the old one. The third thing is, is that when you're complaining, you're not really taking responsibility for yourself. And your pain is, so the title is saying is your pain is your pain. Sharing is not caring. Don't discuss your pain. So your pain is yours. You own your own suffering. You also own your own happiness. And we tend to look at others around us as we blame other people for our unhappiness and your happiness is yours, and your unhappiness is yours. Yep. So complaining actually is a reflection of your way you look at the world in general. Yep. So the healing occurs, again, from minimizing time and fight or flight, and maximizing time and safety. And remember, the stresses in life that are the, that are the most stressful is the ones you can't control. So you have to give yourself cues of safety. It's not a game. It's very effective. And so by, again, complaining a lot and discussing medical care a lot precludes yourself from giving yourself cues of safety, yeah. put yourself into safety physiology. Mm -hmm. So that's why Les and I, but other people that work on the same concepts, it's not just managing your pain. I mean, it's a dramatic shift where mood shifts, pain shifts, relationship shift. I mean, everything shifts. When your brain goes into a state of safety as opposed to a state of threat. Yeah, very, very well said. Um, and I have just some take-home messages here, just like David here is just like smoking, drinking too much, lying on the couch, watching TV all day, complaining is bad for your health in the same category. The second thing I want you to know is this is replace the word. If you feel like you have to tell family members, I was talk talking to David about this, if you feel like you have to Tell family members like, you know what, you don't understand. I, I don't have a group to go to. And and even if you come to my group, um, like I said, um, it's you have to replace the word pain with something else. So that's the second suggestion is complaining is bad for you. Um, that's the first thing. Chronic complaining, that is. Number two, replace the word pain with bananas. <laughs> oh, God. No, I agree. Bananas are are tasty they're sweet but it's also you're right it just doesn't help to put the word pain in your brain over and over yeah, and, and that's exactly it the third thing is if if you plan to complain um here's this really be be aware of that come up with a solution so if you're going to complain a whole of, a hell of a lot i want you to take a step back and ask yourself what is my end goal here 
So, or as David said very beautifully, is what's my payoff? So if you're going to complain, come up with a solution. The fourth thing is, uh, and then I've got two more. Uh, the fourth thing is this, is be really mindful of, you know, where are my boundaries? Take a look and see as you complain, are you watching the, the individual's eyes? Are you noticing them that they're not looking at you? So be aware of your boundaries. So be mindful. And the last thing, the fifth thing is apply gratitude in replacement of complaining. I would say something a little bit blunt here. And this came up in yesterday's conference um, or my group meeting is, uh, okay, so you complain, um, you're socially isolated. We know social isolation is actually inflammatory, makes the pain worse. Yeah. And so people complain, well, I'm socially isolated. I don't have family, I don't have friends, I don't have support. So first of all, look back 20 years ago before you're in pain mm -hmm. and complaining drives people away. Yeah. In situation now, you're in pain, you're socially isolated. I said, that's your responsibility. Do you poor me, I'm socially isolated. Well, guess what? Change it. Join a book club, become a bird watcher, you know, play Scrabble. Whatever you want to do is re-engage with a circle of friends. And you can re-engage with people that are also complaining, which reinforces the problem, or you can actually take responsibility for your health, quit complaining, become the person that you want other people to be around. In other words, become aware of who you are with people that you like want to be around you. Or if you're complaining and negative, why would somebody who's sort of happy want to be around that energy? Yeah. So be the person that you would want to hang out with. Beautiful. Right? Yeah, that's beautiful. David, you're absolutely right. And one of the things David and I, um, uh, David might have mentioned it on the fly here, and I just want to highlight it. Be the person that you wish to kind of hang out with. I mean, that's absolutely beautiful. And the last parting word that I want to add to this is, if none of these suggestions um, really lands well with you and you're like, yes, but I call it the YB syndrome. Yes, but um, take everything David and I have said and try this, put it down on paper, expressive writing. If you really feel like, no, you don't understand less and David, you guys don't live in my body and my life. And that's, and that's fine. We, we totally respect that. Then do what science says for us to do. So you can actually have a better life and have a more safety uh, physiology in, in you is put down your complaining on paper from just a few minutes, seconds to a minutes to up to 20 minutes, write incessantly, just write and put down all your complaints, then rip it up and go about your life and do things that make you feel joyful and bring joy to you. So Dr. Arya, have a good day. You too, sir, folks. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. David and Les would love to hear from you about today's podcast and any ideas for future topics. You can email them at david-les at dynamichealingpodcast.com. That's david-les at dynamichealingpodcast.com. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.